Greetings, brothers and sisters. I'm Professor Spira, and welcome to episode number 13 of the Mucus Free Life Podcast. And we have a great show lined up for you today. There's a lot of things to discuss. And last week, I talked about the infamous coronavirus, COVID-19, and the hysteria that is happening as a result. And then also last week, I had a live broadcast with none other than Brother Air, where we uh, had an Unleashed, one of our famous Unleashed uh, videos, where we really just go off uh, fairly unfiltered and talk about the things that are happening, particularly with the hysteria surrounding the coronavirus phenomenon. And uh, we got some things off our chest. I definitely invite you to check those videos out in addition to the uh, us talking about the in the video with Brother Air. In addition to talking about it, I had some supplemental video that a lot of people have appreciated. I've gotten some good feedback about the videos saying that that was very impactful. And I try to show the connection from past present and what to look forward to in the future if we don't get ourselves together those of us that understand the principles of the mucus's diet healing system professor arnold Eretz's great work we are not going to be bamboozled into whatever is in store for us as you can see the title of this episode is a gun in one hand and a syringe in the other. And I think that that is a, a direction that things may be going to because of all of the fear that is been fostered that we will see a situation where it, it, that's the extreme variation. But if it's not somebody showing up at your doorstep to give you a, a vaccination it in some way shape or form they will find a way to make it mandatory for everybody there are there are a lot of places already make it mandatory for children to be vaccinated uh, but i'm looking at a situation like this especially if they're able to spin the narrative and continue to fear monger in a way that really just we you take where things are right now and times it by 10 we haven't gotten to the the riots yet we haven't gotten to the looting phase we haven't really gotten very far yet with where this could go and where it's looking like it's going to go economically speaking with a total shutdown of the economy people aren't able to go to work people can't send their kids to school anymore and so many people where i'm from in the united states they don't have sufficient savings to be able to keep things rolling the government is totally ineffective in terms of any kind of planning of setting things in a way to help and that's and in my opinion that's not what they want to do anyway their whole thing is self-interest so it is, uh, and when I say they, it's just the pe most of the people involved is, is there's a self-interest and they want to remain elected. They want to remain in power. And 
So, and whatever plans that they come up with anyway are going to be based on pus and mucus thinking coming out of that mindset. The quicker you can understand that you're on your own in terms of not <laughs> relying on somebody to come save you in terms of some government or some group or whatever, that you got to start getting into this work, figuring things out, doing what you need to do, then uh, the better off you're going to be. And at the same time, moving toward a space of protection and protecting ourselves from whatever decisions that these pus-filled idiots may or may not make that will affect our lives. I mean, it's a very troubling situation that you find yourself in once you start practicing mucus diet and you look up and you see uh, pus-filled zombies out here that are making decisions that affect your life. It's bizarre. It's troubling. And the way things are going now, it's we got to be focusing on physiological liberation. Get deeper into mucus's diet healing system. Cleanse yourself. Make yourself immune from whatever it is out here that they say is out here. Uh, and whatever it is, the cleaner you are, and this is the thesis, the cleaner you are, the more immune, less susceptible to anything, any infection, virus, any, you name it, uh, you become immune to it. And that's the real natural immunity. Uh, I wanted to read, while we're talking about Professor Arnold Eret, as I often do, there is a, a bit in Thus Speak of the Stomach, before Eret starts channeling the, a message from the stomach of humanity. He talks a little bit about infection and some experiments that he did on himself. And so let me read this and we'll talk about it. Supported by my extensive material of facts and by certain experiments upon my own body, such as no one else has made so far, I will attempt to introduce to you the stomach as the gathering place of that pathological material that has generally been called encumbrance, autotoxins, morbid disposition, or tendency without the presence of which the action of a secondary cause of disease is impossible. I have made experiments to produce a cold, to get malaria infection, etc., with a negative result but quickly eliminated it after a thorough removal of the first general cause consisting of the complete encumbrance through the stomach by fasting and using my own diet. In order to put disease as an experiment upon a common basis, I went to the limit of endangering my life. In a state of improved health, I would intentionally eat myself sick to a certain extent in order to eat myself surely and radically well again. For my own satisfaction, to my knowledge, this has never before been attempted. If science does not care about this experimentation of mine, it may continue to look on smilingly at what is to follow. I myself believe I shall thereby be of service to the sick, 
to the life efficiency of the human race, to the promotion of the people's vigor, and to all humanity. And now let the stomach speak in the principal role of the tragedy of human nutrition. Don't you love Professor Arnold there? I mean, that's one paragraph in one of his writings, one of his books. But look at how packed that is with information, with years of his own testing. And he's telling you right there, he purposely tried to produce a cold, tried to infect himself with, for lack of a better term, the coronavirus, not COVID-19, but some other strand. He tried to get malaria. He tried to infect himself with malaria. And he wasn't going and getting any kind of vaccines. He said that there was a negative result and that they quickly eliminated after a thorough removal of the first general clause. So he infected himself with whatever, flu, malaria, and he was able to quickly and efficiently eliminate these so-called viral loads, whatever it is, by removing the waste out of the body that these things thrive on. Uh, if you want to be a host of hosts to the filthy of the earth, then keep on eating your dead animal flesh, keep on drinking the cow piss, and see what happens. You open yourself up to all of this insanity. You have such a weak physiology to the point where whatever comes down the pike, you are susceptible and essentially what these things are doing is triggering an elimination. And if you have too much waste, if your body is so backed up, when you come into contact, whether it's a virus, whether it could be cold air, whatever it is that is triggering this elimination in you, if you're too encumbered, then as Eric talks about in some other spaces, you can drown in your own filth in the septic tank of your stomach and colon if you if there's a trigger and all of that waste is eliminated too quickly then you're going to have a bad, you're going to have a bad time and a lot of people are having bad times because and throughout history have had bad times because they come into contact with whatever it is and they can't handle it now I'm not in the camp of people saying that there's no such thing as virus and viruses. We talked about that last week. I'm not into the conspiracy theories. I don't have no time for that. Whether there's true or not, there, a lot of that stuff you can't prove. They're just stories and there's no remedy to it. See, when we're talking about this, these folks that are supposed to be masterminding all that stuff, they die of the same stuff that the people who they're oppressing are dying from because they're eating the same way. They're not eating some kind of golden, great, you know, great diet. You know, they're eating pus and mucus. And so are the people that they're, their thing is they just get off on control and power. And so that's, that's, that's a whole different kind of thing. How do you combat that? If you really did want to do something about that, how do you combat that? 
controlling what you put in your body. That's why we say the most revolutionary thing on planet Earth is learning how to control what you put into your mouth, period. That's what you have control over right now. Even as bad as things get right now, controlling what you put into your body is the most revolutionary thing that you can do. And it's important to do that because at this point right now we're we're kind of at the calm before the storm i i fear well i actually don't fear it i just know i kind of just know it uh but for purposes of this i'll say i hypothesize it that things are about to get kind of crazy and you know we talked about the social engineering engineering consent the way the media works together with the government and all that, all that kind of stuff, it's observable. And we don't need to get into blaming individual people or entities to uh, which sort of would make arise the uh, conspiracy theories surrounding these things. We don't have to get into that because the way that if you're somewhat conscious, you can turn on the TV and dissect the, these things that they're saying. And so... Uh, and understanding, look, look at the terminology they use, look at the kind, the things that they choose to talk about and the things they choose to omit. How often have you watched something on a mainstream news channel like a CNN or NBC or Fox or whatever? That's whatever. If you if you want to call any of them news, when's the last time you watched something about this outbreak where they really getting into the details of what were the people, the people that died, what were their diets? The people that were diagnosed, because there's also a diagnosis quotient here that, uh, and as we talked about uh, last week, you know, me and Brother Air, we arrive at the same destination, but we kind of have different avenues to get there in terms of our how we view all of this, how we view viruses and diagnosis. But Brother Air, skeptical of any kind of diagnosis from any medical practitioner at all, that it's it's all all of it is is kind of BS and made up. And so for him that just dealing with that diagnosis concept, that's already problematic. So, okay, where is this information coming from? So that's the first problem is just diagnosis but if you move past that and you say okay we're gonna just let's bear with it for a second let's humor this thing that we're talking about and you go and look and they say okay all these people these are the people that have been diagnosed with this and have died okay how old were they did they have any other illnesses were how did they eat were these healthy folks so-called healthy you know were they these folks eating fruits and green leafy vegetables or were they going to a wet market and eating bat and dog and i'm gonna be making as a side note i I, i've got a couple comments where there's some folks that would like to see some shorter videos that's not just the audio but take a couple of these topics and make shorter videos and put them on youtube so i I am gonna work on that because i I agree i think that'd be good so 
there's I'm gonna do a reaction video I found a really good wet market video on Facebook and I'm gonna do a reaction video to it and that it's intense it's an intense <laughs> you know people don't think that's real you know there's folks in the west they don't really know so if you've never heard of that look up wet market you know and uh, and the reason it's getting some press now is because there's a theory that that's where the virus came from was because of the unsanitary uh dynamic of these wet markets and so so of, of course when these kinds of infections or outbreaks or whatever happens in the uh, uh, in things that aren't open to the public in the uh, slaughterhouses that you can't see in uh, that's don't worry about that but oh here's a here's a wet market oh they kill dogs and cats beautiful that's that let's scapegoat that we'll say that this emerged from there it's all, you know, we got to make the connection. It's all filth. And I don't care if it's the wet market or if it's McDonald's and Burger King. There's a, the, there's a disconnect that needs to be reconnected to understand that you know, killing an animal is killing an animal. And it doesn't matter if it's a dog or a cow or a pig or whatever it is. Um, and if the, and if you can see it because in the west people just don't want to see it what is going on now is we have a decision to make and getting getting yourself ready i'm an advocate for being prepared you know we had a really great meetup yesterday so every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern time we have been doing meetups and uh they're started by our friend michael fathauer and uh, we've been consistent that was the goal with the meetups was just to be consistent <clears throat> and uh, and they've been a lot of fun and each one is kind of different you know but there's a few people that have come every week when they can and then we'll have other folks join in and it's it's just been fun and and they've been going longer you know because we've been hanging out and the vibe is good like last night, I think it was the longest one we had did. It was almost probably five hours. I mean, we just on there, just hanging out, and because uh, it's not a, it's it's not a heavy kind of presentation. I'm not giving any presentations. If anything, I'm trying to just kind of, you know, I'll come in and out, or you know, and it's just you know, I don't want to be the the focus of of the meetups you know so i like to hear other people talk and interact and get to know one another and plug in and that kind of thing and so uh i'm really happy with the way they're going and uh and and so we're going to keep keep rolling with that but we talked about uh what do you do to get ready and to be prepared and you know i made a video a while ago about my emergency car kit and uh, emergency, just emergency preparing. How do you be prepared? If you go to MutualFreeLife.com and you look up uh, just a, probably the word emergency or emergency kit or something like that in the search engine on the site, you should see that article come up because uh, there's the video that's on YouTube, but then on the blog post, there's more information that's written there. And I actually got some pictures of me when I'm like 13, 14 years old and the Boy Scouts because you know, I kind of got a lot of this uh, be prepared mindset training. But we talk about that. The, the, it's a mindset. If you can cultivate the, 
a preparedness mindset and I talk about the, you know, the mucus free mindset, we have to include being prepared in that. And when you do that, then you just you increase your chances of survival. I mean, it kind of just comes down to that. But you also increase your chances of remaining comfortable, of not ever getting down into that fear state because that that you don't want to be there that that fear and so part of my goal with even coming out and being consistent with the podcast and starting to put more information out there is to prevent as many of you from going down into the depth of that that fear-based mentality as possible because once you get down into that fear, you're only a hop, skip, and jump away from that acceptance. And once you get to that acceptance, you're basically, whatever the doctors tell you, whatever the government tells you, you are more than happy to give your freedom away to them. And so I'm trying to say, that's up to you. I'm not getting in the way. Like I said, I'm not a medical practitioner. I'm not telling you. I'm not... saying that you have or don't have something i'm not getting into disease discussion on that level you do what you want to do but as a message from a friend regardless of what decisions you make don't make them out of fear if you can help it to get into these studies to understand what real health uh, is really about and real immunity that doesn't require having poisons pumped into your system. That's just for you to arm you so that you can make the the best decisions possible for you. And so check every, you know, do your due diligence and study what what you what you think you need to study and then ultimately make your decision. But don't make your decision out of fear. Make it from an objective standpoint and when you get to that part as we say you have to answer the question if somebody was to show up and they had a gun in one hand and a syringe in the other what are you going to do now that's a thought experiment and a question that i think is a lot closer to reality than a lot of people but i've done this this has been something i've experienced my whole life and especially since practicing the diet where I predict something or see something that's on its way and first people laugh about it and they laugh me out of the room and say, yeah, you're just whatever, you're just a conspiracy or this. or So they first they laugh at me, then it happens, and then they give me a look of surprise. When will you stop being surprised? I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> I mean, if I do have, I have to say so, I have to pat myself on the back. I'm, I'm good at it. But all it is, I try to show other people how to do it because it's not anything that I, that's just sort of unique to me or special. It's just un- learning how to logically think and knowing enough about history. That's why I'm always, I mean, I'm giving you guys the, the roadmap. As far as I can say, study history and study history from different vantage points. Just don't study one historian or one sort of viewpoint. Check out different sources in terms of history. Try to find objective ones. Try to find ones that may have a particular slant or a, or a type of analysis. But 
get into your history. And through that, you can begin to have a perspective of what's happening. But at the same time, get into your physiology, get into your study of mucus diet healing system and practice. You get into the practice, you know, and you put all those things together and you will just take yourself to a different level as a as a human citizen. You know, this, these are things that I believe we should all have at our disposal. We should all understand the teachings of Professor Arnold Eric. Because they're they're not you don't need a degree to understand that. You don't need to know a lot of fancy jargon in terms of the scientific concepts and all that. And that's one reason I do my best to avoid using a lot of that kind of stuff. I could if I you know, if I wanted to impress folks with, oh, I know all these fancy terms. Uh if I use a fancy I'll sometimes use terms that might be a little academic when it comes to some philosophical things, but I try to define things. I try to define stuff that I think might not be a common knowledge term. Start getting into the definitions that are being used. That's a critical element. You break down these definitions and look at the origin of where they come from and and see the kind of power that they are having on potentially on you, on the populace, on your friends and family. You know, we are being controlled by definitions. You know, words and definitions are controlling a lot of people's lives. And so it's incumbent upon us to deconstruct and analyze and look into these words, these concepts, and get ourselves to a place where, like I said, we're not in fear and we are able to act. We're able to do what we need to do. You know, so the guy comes with the gun in one hand and the syringe in the other. What are you going to do? You're going to bend over and take it. You're going to fight and uprise. You're going to organize. Or will they not be able to find you (laughs) when they show up? Will they not be able to find you? So another thing I wanted to talk about related to this discussion is... Uh, is the idea of the stages of grief. There's a number of different models uh, of the stages of grief. And the five stages would be denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. There's other models. There, Some people have seven stages. I've seen ten stages. Let's just check out this five stages to just illustrate this point that I want to make. So I went to the store, and which is a, a famous store called Jungle Gems. There's only a, two of them in, near the, on the outskirts of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I was there to pick up some things for my aunt, the aunt that raised me, lives down in Cincinnati. So from time to time, I uh, make a, I'm about 100 miles away from there, so I make the drive down to Cincinnati to uh, go to the store and help her out with some stuff, do some laundry, that kind of stuff. And I hadn't been out in the pandemonium yet because the way that I operate in the world, I tend to not be exposed to the rat race element. I've just extracted myself from it. So I'm still here. I'm still in a, you know, near a big city and where there's all kinds of people, but I move in such a way. I don't even think about it now, but very rarely will I find myself in a 
getting caught in traffic, for instance. I just don't, I don't operate then. I'll, I might go to a store at, you know, one in the morning or something, you know, and two, you know, two in the morning, I'll go to it. There's nobody there, you know, 24 hour store or before it's right before the store closes, 1130 and the store closes at midnight. I'll, you know, I'll tend to go or maybe real early in the morning. I just went, there's a store that opens up at 6am. I went to that store then. Now, if someone's going to say something about, I already talked, talked about my sleep stuff in another one. So don't eat, I don't, I don't encourage anybody to follow my sleeping pattern or whatever, because I I just do my own thing when it comes to that. I don't, I don't have a real strong uh, my, my sleep message is sleep as much as you can, as much as you want to within the confines of your life. So, you know, if, if you feel and whatever makes you feel better, if you feel better going to bed early and getting up early or getting however many hours of sleep you need do what you need or what you can do, what you can afford. And then you got folks that have jobs where they might not be able to sleep the length of time that their body would prefer them to sleep. Uh, for me, the longer I've practiced the mucus's diet, generally speaking, the less sleep I've needed. If I sometimes, depending on what I'm eating, usually if I'm eating a little worse, I'll need to sleep longer. And that's just been my experience. But anyway, I enjoy having the freedom in my life, which is something I've worked to have. You know, I like the freedom to be able to, if I want to go to the store at midnight, I can go to the store at midnight. If I want to go at 6 a.m. in the morning, I do that. And so I'm, so either way, the point is I tend to not be exposed to the, the, the rat race and all the, the running around and all that kind of stuff. But this put me in a position where I knew that I was going to be in a store with people going crazy with a lot of stuff being sold out as a result of the hysteria from this Corona uh, thing. And so I just, I had to mentally prepare myself. I'm like, all right, I'm going into the, the belly of the beast. So let me, I'm at least going to observe as much as I can to see if there's something that I can analyze from all this. And what really surprised me was the emotional disposition everybody had, where instead of being angry, which and even maybe bargaining a little bit, I sort of assumed that it would be perhaps loud and people, there'll be some people that would be really kind of mad and just frustrated. Like, man, I can't believe, man, you know, I can't do my work. And, you know, I'm not, my job laid me off. I don't got no money now. How am I going to take care of these kids? You know, I that kind of energy. And then maybe some other people might be down in the bargaining level a little bit where, they're, you know, you know, they're kind of, oh, I, I, you know, if, if I wear this mask, can you guarantee that I won't get this virus? I'm, I'm, I'm scared. But if I do this, if, if I put all this hand, I'm, I'm bathing in hand sanitizer. You know, I put all this hand sanitizer on my hand before I touch the cart. If I do that, will I be safe? You know what I mean? Just, just mentally, like there be talking to other people about that. So that's what I expected when I went into the stores. But what was ended up being in there was almost unanimously, there wasn't one person that came across with that energy of 
of, of being really angry or frustrated or every, it, the overwhelmingly people were depressed. The depression had set in that level of that frequency. You know, the, these you can study people like David Hawkins and there's a number of people that kind of get into the the frequency of different emotions and the frequency of depression is is lower than if you if you were anger you know if you got anger there's there's still a little something to work with there there's a little bit of energy happening but you get down into that depression and i know some of you uh, may have uh dealt with very you know dealt with depression or deal with depression i have a lot of clients that that have said that you know they had had depression especially before practicing the diet and once they got off of the eating dead animal flesh and that kind of stuff that the uh, depression started to go away now of course you, you'll find there's the people that are say the opposite they're like well you know i was and a lot of these people didn't transition and so they're like well i was eating nothing but fruit and i tried the mucus thing and i got depressed and soon as i started eating meat i felt better i you know my depression went away i'm like all right well I won't get into all that because that's a whole transition discussion, which I always talk about. But uh, in this case, regardless of how you got there, that depression level is uh, uh, is a tough, tough spot to be in. It's a tough level, and, and you want to avoid that with various ways to, to do that in terms of how you think, what you study, what you eat, what you eliminate from your body, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And there's, you know. It's a deep topic that I don't want to get too deep into just the discussion. That's a whole other podcast. In this case, folks are walking around so depressed. I mean, this place is usually kind of lively and, and you know, there's joy in the air. And it was just totally quiet, totally. I just had never experienced that before. Not not even at funerals. I mean, funeral vibe is its own thing. This was crazier than that i mean this was like i just i just never seen nothing like it and what troubles me about that is on this model that we're dealing with on the five-step model right after depression is acceptance and that's a very dangerous place when in terms of what we're talking about because when you have governments involved this this is the recipe that tyrants and dictators wait for they wait all they wait their entire life for this type of moment where you have an entire populace that they're not angry and up they're not angry because if they're angry enough they can be organized into an uprising if no up if no organization happens then it turns into rioting and looting and we and and I predict that we're going to get to that that we we haven't got to that yet in terms of of sort of the populace cuz we'll cuz these things sort of happen in waves and so we're we'll we'll hit this wave and uh and once people don't have a lot of their money folks that normally at least had enough money to just keep things happening keep their lights on all that kind of stuff uh keep the kids in clothes and food and all that all of a sudden they're not able to do that and we could see that he see some rioting see looting in places that you would normally never think that that would happen uh it it could get to that depending on 
what decisions the government ultimately makes, where people are at, that kind of thing. But what concerns me about so many people already being at the at the depression stage is when you get to that acceptance. Well, what are you going to accept? You know, you are much more susceptible to one, you know, a gun in one hand, a syringe in the other. And the thing is, with acceptance, they don't have to have a gun in one hand. They don't even have to come to your door, as uh, Sister Decor was saying earlier today. Uh, you will go to them to get your. You will go to them and pay them whatever you have left in your pocket or your bank account to get this poison put into you. And so that concerns me. You know that so many people are already at that depression stage. And we're moving down in, in they're moving down to that acceptance. And when you go to that acceptance, when you get to that space, that's when historically governments, tyrants, dictators have come in and taken advantage and said, OK, we're running the show now. You want a strong person to tell you what to do? tell you how to live save you from all this i'm here and now things are going to be according to our program my humble message out there to people is to put this on your radar don't just dispel it don't just say ah he's just you know he's just trying to make a point i'm saying this is a real concern at the same time how do we deal with concerns I say remain calm, cool, calm, and collected. Let's analyze and organize. We have to look at these situations. Again, bringing, look into history, what happened in the past, look at the current moment, and as we come together, what are we going to do? To have that kind of erratic making these decisions out of fear, which is what they want, because... If there are small groups of people that try to uprise and they're uprising out of fear, it's very, very easy for the folks with the, you know, in the government positions with the power of the of the gun and the power of the bullet to 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 shut down those groups. And they have the media on their side so they can spin whatever happens the way that they want it, as they have done for decades hundreds of years what i'm saying is we got to be prepared we got to be educated so take this time as brother air says let the time serve you study some of this stuff study the history of pandemics you know we're going to talk about this the tuskegee experiment in a little bit and there's thousands of immoral experimentation that has been done by the med- medical authorities on people but uh, I'm going to challenge myself to talk about one one at a time, just to, just to focus on it. Not everybody knows about it, and uh, and a lot of these different things nobody knows about. It. They don't teach it. They don't talk about it. And so we have to look and understand the mentality that's behind these type of decisions. What is the mentality? What were those people eating? Always ask that question. Whenever you see something crazy on TV or something, something's going on, what were they eating? Should be the first question that pops into your mind. Not what were they thinking. 
what were they eating? And until that is the initial gut reaction or gut thought when we see crazy stuff, then an actual understanding of what is happening will never be arrived at, will never occur. So next I wanted to go over an article that was just posted on uh, Facebook that 99% of those who died from virus had other illnesses. Italy says this was published March 18th, 2020. And this was on Bloomberg.com, Bloomberg News. And and so which is considered a in a fairly reputable, you know, that's a whole other discussion of news outlets and that kind of stuff. Uh, but in terms of this isn't a conspiracy theory, you know, it's not a conspiracy site. This is just, just sort of appears to me to just be general journalism as it should be. But basically what it's saying in this article, and I'll uh, quote, more than 99% of Italy's coronavirus fatalities were people who suffered from previous medical conditions, according to a study by the country's National Health Authority. After deaths from the virus reached more than 2,500 with 150% increase in the past week, health authorities have been combing through data to provide clues to help combat the spread of the disease. Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte, Conte's government, is evaluating <clears throat> whether to extend a national lockdown beyond the beginning of April. And uh, see, Italy has more than 31,500 confirmed cases of the illness, or like we said, diagnosed, somebody diagnosed them. They have a pie graph here where it says 48.5% of people that died in Italy of the coronavirus had three or more illnesses, three or more pre-existing conditions or illnesses. 25.6% had two other illnesses. 25.1% had at least one other illness. Only 08 not a full percent. Only 0.8 had no other illnesses. I mean, that's that's almost almost nothing. And in, in, uh, from based on here, um, this is based on a March 17th sample. The new study could could provide insight into why Italy's death rate at about 8 percent of total infected people is higher than in other countries. Let's see here. The Rome-based institute has examined medical records of about 18% of the country's coronavirus fatalities, finding that just three victims, okay, so that's just three victims, or 0.8% of the total, had no previous pathology. And that's according to them. Because then what would we ask? As I ask anybody that comes to me and they have certain symptoms and they say, or I've been diagnosed with such and such, first question that I ask in every consultation I do well what are you eating what are you eating today and in the questionnaire what were you eating before they never ask that question so rare you go to a doctor and they're asking you what you ate that's like way down on the list and then if you say anything other than you eat just a regular diet if you say something like well I'm a vegetarian or vegan or 
if you make that mistake to tell them something like that, then immediately they're going to blame your symptoms on that or often. So in this case, let's see. But so then let's look at the age, the average age of those who've died from the virus in Italy is 79.5. As of March 17, 17 people under 50 had died of the illness. All of Italy's victims under 40 have been males with serious existing medical conditions. And they have a bar graph here, which I might do a video just to go over this article because this is a nice bar graph. Uh, The median age is uh, 80.5. And this people that or uh, people between the age of 80 and 89. That's the highest number of people that died. 852 people. People over 90, 198 people over 90 died, according to them, of the coronavirus. But again, they had pre-existing illnesses. Some of them three, uh, seven, uh, then uh, 707 people, age from 70, 79. Then there's a huge dip for people from 60 to 69. That's 173 cases. And then once you get to the 50 to 59, that's 56 cases. So, you know, we go over all these figures here just to make the point that we've been saying for a long time that you have people in these authority positions that are pointing at and saying these people are dying because of this particular virus when you're talking about people some of which were already on their deathbed, already in very compromised, weakened positions with bad health, and they die, and we are going to assign this disease to them. This is why they died. Not because of liver disease. There was one case, there was one case study that uh, I read that, was uh, from China. It was a doctor talking about a patient, a couple patients that had died and they were all older and they were in their seventies. One of them had had liver disease for two years, had, had, had been diagnosed with liver disease. And then this comes and they ultimately say they die of this with just mucus in the lungs, unable to breathe. They have that type of reaction and as Eric would say, drown in their own waste, drown in their own stuff. How could these all? So my question then is, well, all these people that did die, well, what would happen if you would have cleaned the colon out of these folks, got them some colonics and some enemas, put them on a proper transitional regimen for them? So I can't just say everybody put them, uh, everybody on a fast. A lot of them might not have been able to withstand a fast, but definitely some, some juicing, some fruits and vegetables, whatever. Uh, Not that you would save all of them, but there's a lot of those people that even then wouldn't have passed away. So we got to understand this. And again, my, my goal with going over this kind of stuff is to combat this fear 
that is out here. And to put it into into some perspective, and now I'm that's that's not to say so. It's like this, okay? Because some people say, okay, well, this is your being, you know, irrational, or what if something happens to uh, you know loved ones that's old? So you know, I have older loved ones. Many of us have older loved ones, or maybe older. You know, you may be older listening to this podcast. And I, before this, I had concern. I have concerns and I have the same concern before and after this announcement of this new little strain going around because I've always been concerned and conscious of the fact that for older folks and older loved ones, if they don't get into mucus's diet or you know or that kind of thing which is you know you know that's for most people it's probably not going to happen you're not going to be able to get your loved ones 100 percent into the diet you might influence them to eat a little better and that's that's cool uh but realistically that's not something that's probably going to happen unless you find yourself as the custodian of them and you're in control and you are controlling what they're eating and their eliminations and that kind of thing, then that's a different scenario. But as long as they're still operating or if they're in a, you know, if they're in some, uh, uh, you know, an old folks facility or whatever the situation is, you don't have the control uh, in that case. Can you still be concerned? As I say, I, my concern, I was concerned before this, that I know the susceptibility and weakness of, of anybody, especially older folks not practicing the mucus's diet who have not lived a life of practicing the mucus's diet, you are much more open to whatever ailments come down the pike. And so uh, whether it be cold air could trigger uh, an elimination reaction, and if that elimination isn't dealt with enough or... It, or you are just too encumbered, then, you know, then the person's going to pass away. And so I'm concerned. And there's, so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being concerned, uh, especially for loved ones or older loved ones. But I wouldn't be any more concerned because of this Corona thing versus before they announced all this. You should have already been concerned. Why all of a sudden be concerned now? They're just as susceptible to these dangerous eliminations from any strain of coronavirus because a lot more people have died of other strains than this novel strain. But like I said, you can have an elimination reaction just going from a warm environment out into the cold. This waste in your body wants to leave. Why won't we let it leave? People are trying to hold on to their waste, taking drugs to suppress it, being so irritated by the way they feel in, in elimination when they should be joyous. Like I'm I'm that's a privilege for a lot of us because there's a lot of folks who their bodies are so run down and so accumulated with waste that they can't even have a proper elimination. And so if you get an elimination and you're able to get the cold and flu-like symptoms, you can blow your nose, you can get all this, this, this waste out, do your enemas, triggers the fasting reaction. That's a, that's a beautiful thing 
for most people. If you now for as I have to say for most people, because it's hard to make blanket statements like that for everybody because each case is different. So there are some people whose elimination can be too intense. So you need to slow it down and using the mechanics. But that's why it's so important to study and read the works of Professor Arnold Errett and really understand the methodology of transition and how to systematically incorporate transition with the short-term fasting, with the enemas, with the sunbathing, with the exercise, you, you putting all these pieces into place, which is very important. Lots of times people focus on one thing and not something and just ignore the other parts of it. So they'll focus on the diet and ignore exercise or ignore fasting or they'll focus so much energy on fasting but they're not really focused on the transition diet and so we need to really look at the entire the entire thing so anyway that's this article the uh, final thing that i wanted to talk about was the infamous tuskegee experiment there was the or the also known as the tuskegee syphilis experiment or syphilis study and for those of you that already know the story i know there was a movie made about it there's a number of documentaries but there's still a lot of people that never heard of it and so i wanted to bring this up and factor this in to understand that there's a lot of a lot of people in government or medical authorities or whoever that that still think like this or find loopholes to do very inhumane kinds of experimentation that mad scientists kind of mess. A lot of experimentation that comes from a pus-based type of mentality. And this is one of the one of the primary examples of this. So I'm gonna read a little bit. This is from the History.com, there's a number of places that sort of retell this story, but I want to get a few of these facts down and uh, and take a time to do an image search for Tuskegee experiment. And you can see these uh, these doctors, these these uh, white doctors putting all this this poison in these unsuspecting poor uh, black folks that thought they were getting some some help and some free treatment when they were actually being poisoned and given a death sentence uh, by these filthy, filthy people. So, says the uh, Tuskegee experiment began in 1932 at a time when there was no known treatment for syphilis. After being recruited by the promise of free medical care, 600 men, uh, 600 black men, they didn't put black there, uh, 600 black men uh, originally were enrolled in the project. This was 600 poor sharecropping black men. And so as it continues, the uh, participants were primarily sharecroppers and many had never before visited a doctor. They'd never even been to a doctor. Doctors from the U.S. Public Health Service, or the PHS, which was running the study, informed the participants 399 men with latent syphilis and a control group of 201 others who were free of the disease uh, that they were being treated for, quote, bad blood 
which was a term commonly used in the area at the time to refer to a variety of ailments. The men were monitored by health workers, but also given placebos such as aspirin and mineral supplements, despite the fact that penicillin became the recommended treatment for syphilis in 1947. Uh, PHS researchers convinced local physicians in Macon County not to treat the participants, and research was done at the Tuskegee Institute. Uh, now called Tuskegee University, that was uh, founded in 1881 by Booker T. Washington. In order to track the disease's full progression, researchers provided no effective care as the men died, went blind, or insane, or experienced other severe health problems due to their untreated syphilis. In the mid-1960s, a PHS venereal disease investigator in San Francisco named Peter Buxton found out about the Tuskegee study and expressed his concerns to his superiors that it was unethical. And in response, uh, PHS officials formed a committee to review the study, but ultimately opted to continue it with the goal of tracking the participants until all had died, autopsies were performed, and the project data could be analyzed. So anybody that studied a little bit of history, especially the history of slavery in the United States, the history of post-slavery, uh, post-colonialism as it relates to the United States, if you studied all these things, and none of this is surprising, you know that sadistic, terrible experimentation was done on black people uh, as long as they have been associated with Europeans and been brought over to the Americas at some point I will maybe discuss uh, James Marin Smith Sims uh, who developed pioneering tools and surgical techniques for women's reproductive health who conducted terrible terrible research on enslaved black women without anesthesia and uh so that's so you know so these these studies go on and on and on uh, this is just one example where we bring to light something that as we move toward this brave new world of forced vaccination which i see coming we already have it with the public school systems and I know people who have been forced to move out of a state to protect their child from being forcibly vaccinated and and these are and and, and one of these folks is very educated on the topic of uh, of these of, of vaccinations and things and, and had done the research to understand what's going on as a lot of us have and i just say that because there are some entities that don't know who we are that would listen to this that would say oh you guys are just conspiracy theory kind of thing and so i i'm i i'm in this thing right now of combating against conspiracy theories because and it's not to say that there's nothing to any of them and uh you know each each idea needs to be dealt with on its own to kind of take a look but the energy around conspiracy theories at this point 
has gotten to where there are these little key words. There's, there's these little pet words that people throw out there that to people that have studied those theories, they know exactly what you're talking about already. And it's sort of this, it creates this community vibe around these concepts. What I've, I find that these things are more detrimental than anything else because people think that they're informed and think that they sort of have one up on the oppressors like aha you got this secret thing happening we we see your lies we know you we can assume that we don't have to get into some of this stuff to know that whatever you can imagine it's worse than that assume that we don't need proof of that we know that what can we have power over in our lives we can have power over what we put into our bodies and if we get to a point where they put something in the way of that, like maybe they don't let you into the supermarket unless you have your your vaccination sticker, your vaccination armband. How about that? What if, okay, maybe they don't come to your door, but how about they, you, they don't let you in certain places unless you have the armband, unless you have the tattoo, unless you have... The chip inserted into your body that when scanned lets the person know that you have been vaccinated. So there's a number of ways that this thing can go. And we don't have to consult and try to find some nefarious kind of plot to know that these things logically happen. They it's it be prepared for it. It's it's coming. You know, uncovering a secret plan isn't going to be enough to stop it. If, if even if you can find it, what we're going to have to do is be organized and know what to do, have a plan, have our plans in place, have the preparedness mindset intact. So those are the things that we develop. You can develop that now. Study. Get yourself together physiologically. Gain more control over what you put into your body. If you'll notice, when you go to the stores, the produce sections were almost untouched. I had a little video where I took and I posted on my Instagram that showed all of the almost all of the bread was gone. They had totally got rid of it. Just the bread was sold out. Little Debbie's was sold out. All of that kind of that kind of stuff was sold out. You go into the produce section. It's like no one even took any produce. I mean, just there was nothing. Nothing was gone. Everything was available. And so right now is the perfect time to get yourself into the mucus's diet healing system. If you can't afford the organic, don't worry about that. I mean, I'm just saying, in my opinion, you do. If you don't have the money to deal with that. To, to be able to get all the organic stuff, get the pro, just get the produce, get the produce and do your enemas, do your, you know, just stay into the cleanse vibe. And if you want to find a way to get some stuff for cheaper, then, you know, you, you check out the, uh, the wholesale produce markets. And I know where I'm living at. Some cities have 
you know, a lot of places have free store food banks, but there are some specific locations that have produce. And if you're at that spot, you don't have no money, you need some produce, you need some food, check those, check those spots out. Do what you need to do to survive. This is about survival. Like I said, this is, you have to understand if you practice in a mucus's diet, if, if you are trying to survive, now you are a revolutionary whether you like it or not. And I know that some of you are very uncomfortable with being a revolutionary. You didn't sign up for that. You didn't, you just wanted to live your life. You wanted to just raise your kids, just sort of fit into the status quo and just have fun on the weekend, go to the trampoline park with the babies, have a, you know, have a little dog and a cat at the house. You know, you just wanted to sort of deal with that script that you were given that you live like this. You, this is happy for you i mean we a lot of this stuff is oriented we've been oriented to that that this is happiness we you know have a little family do this uh and it's always more complicated than that because like i said there's no no one is above being on jerry springer i won't get into that if some of the younger people might not get the reference but uh you know no no one's a no one's above you know, being on, I guess what Judge Judy's still on, I guess that now they people know that just basically nobody's above that kind of domestic <laughs> situation, you know, or you find yourself, uh, you think you're all cool, calm and collected. And then all of a sudden, you know, a video surfaces of you online, you know, having a, having a public fight with a, with a significant other or something, you know, no, no one's above that. But, uh, what I'm saying is that now, if you want to survive, this is about the revolutionary struggle. And and I'm here to welcome you to this struggle and welcome you to this war because it's a war of survival and it, it is what it is. And so you can ignore it and try to just say, ah, everything's going to be fixed. The government will take care of me right now. They're. They're writing me a check. They're going to give me a couple thousand dollars. And, you know, I'm sure that things will open up very soon. You know, there's there's a difference between being being positive minded and being naive. I would rather be on the side of preparedness that is not based on fear. So the more that you educate yourself, you remove that fear. So you're not making decisions based on fear you're making decisions based on survival the mentality of a survivalist and put yourself into different situations what do you do if such and such happens if this happens what do you do making rational decisions to put yourself in the best chance for survival and at the same time there's another part of the war just general warrior mentality is you understand there's going to be some casualties. So not everybody's going to make it. And that's something that a lot of people, you know, they want to hear a message of, you know, all you have to do is this. If you just practice the diet, then everything will be perfectly fine. And we will just love will flood the land and our love will overcome. And I'm saying if you love is subjective. So there's nothing more loving than 
getting yourself prepared for to for survival to protect you and your family to get serious to do the study necessary to understand what's actually happening physiologically why people are actually passing away why the government and the media are telling you what they want you to hear that's the work that we got to do that's the work of a revolutionary because anybody can go on facebook and just sort of repost stuff and you know tweet things and you know make a little you know, youtube video about whatever kind of thing but the power is going to be when there is a solidarity amongst many people and the more my i'm convinced that the more we study and the more that this insanity happens outside of us we are going to be really be pushed together i mean we're going to have to have to come together to save ourselves because they are not going to save us <laughs> they're not going to do it and so i would rather be prepared and understand the mechanics involved in this whole process than to just sit around waiting on trump to give us a check or or whoever whoever comes down the pike to tell us everything's gonna be okay and pat us on the head and you know, give us a couple bucks you know that that's not gonna bring back people's jobs that's not gonna bring you know just th that this entire process is just done and like we say i said in the other video that this gives us an opportunity as mucus diet practitioners and folks to see the world the way that we see it to wake a few other people up because now you can see what we see in this world we don't see humanity as this advanced genius group of people or, or species we see humans as having divorced themselves from nature are always on the brink of total annihilation and disaster and that annihilation can come in any number of ways just take out the menu and you can see you know it, it could be because it, cause it's so weak and so filthy so could be a virus today could be someone gets mad and throws a bomb it starts nuclear holocaust i mean there's a number of ways that humans can take themselves out and mother nature will oblige because this whole thing can be wiped clean and, and started over again so i'm saying let's do what we can to get in line with nature as much as possible and organize ourselves get serious about what's happening and whether things in a few weeks sort of resolve or whatever the thing the the challenge then will be don't forget don't forget what happened don't act like it didn't happen you got to remember this experience you got to remember this time and you keep working toward the same ends of coming together getting getting yourself together and moving towards the survival developing that survivalist mentality the whole point of being prepared and developing a survivalist mentality isn't 
to wait until there is tragedy and then you start to study. You study for years before tragedy hits so that when you are in a situation, something goes down, you are you are prepared. And that doesn't mean that you will necessarily save yourself and others every time, but you will have a better chance than somebody that has never thought of a particular scenario. And one of the things we were talking about that's kind of along these lines in the meetup was there's a difference between someone who is emotional in the sense of saying that they're going to do something. There's a lot of people say, yeah, man, I'm going to do such and such. Or, man, if that guy, if that person does such and such to me, I'm going to do this. Or if this happens, I'm going to do this. You know, so there's a lot of people that say it's very easy to just say stuff. They just sort of spout things off all the time and say, yeah, this happens at such and such. I'm going to do this. That's an emotional reaction. That's reactivity. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not real preparedness. That is actually trying to uh, oh, trying to cover up an actual fear. Generally, the people that sort of have that type of, you know, that, that hard exterior, the core of that way up under there is fear. They're actually trying to convince themselves that they're not scared. You know, so they're like, man, man, boy, I beat that dude, boy. Man, they do. I wish they would. I wish, you know, I wish I would do this. And I'm a, you know, you know, that's that's fear based. That's emotional. That that's not real, strategic, objective, and calm planning, which is what you want and what you need if you're really gonna do this thing for real. Uh, you don't need all that. It's not, none of that. You don't want none of that emotional, all that extra stuff. That's a waste of time, waste of energy, and you're going to get yourself killed if you if that's what you think is this is about. This is about being cool, calm, and collected, having a plan, ha- being studied, being well-read on, on the issues involved. And when the time comes, when the situation arises, You have been over certain scenarios enough in your head. You've strengthened your logic to the point that immediately you are able to make decisive action. No, not not questioning, not having brain fog. You can make decisive action immediately and you're moving forward. And I and and to me, I I just I love that, you know, I love because for whatever reason. And, you know, and I've dealt with this stuff for a long time, for a lot of years, you know, this kind of mentality and I get turned on, you know, kind of turned on in the sense of very cl- clear. It sharpens everything for me. Some people, you know, because they get fear involved, something, a tragedy happens or something happens and they get kind of, you know, they're freaked out and they really can't, they can't move. It's like a deer in headlights. But for me, I'm kind of, you know, it, depending on what the situation is, there's a few things that where I'm, I wouldn't be as sharp. But with this kind of stuff, man, I get real sharp, you know, or something like that. If I need to go off into the woods or, or sort of, you know, find places to hide away if, if things go crazy. And we was kind of talking about, well, what happens if, you know, a lot of people don't think about if, uh, uh, if, a, if a riot, if you live someplace where normally you don't have riots or you don't have people trying to break into your home, uh, if you don't. If you've never thought about that and looting or you know, and that kind of thing and you don't have any kind of plan in mind or you don't know where to go if things are coming your way and you need to get out 
and, and, and get out of your your home, you know, to have a have a go bag ready and and be able to go and know where to go someplace. Because I guarantee if you know the woods and we were talking about, you know, people that live near woods, if you know about the woods or you know different places around you that you might be able to go. I can guarantee you those people that are looting your house are coming. They're not going to find you in the woods. They're not going there. I mean, I can guarantee that they're not looking for you, you know, there, uh, you know, unless you have somebody that specifically wants to get you, uh, if all they want is your stuff, they're not gonna, they're not worrying about you in the woods. So you can be safe there. Uh, you know, it's independent on where you live, but that's the kind of thought process where you have to think through that. We were talking about some folks, you know, they go out and check out woods nearby. They they know all about the woods, you know, in the 20 mile radius around me. I pretty much know all the all the little wood wooded areas and places. Uh, I know how deep the woods are, how with the likelihood of would that is the woods deep enough in a way far enough away from civilization where I would be safe. Because you if you got a little little patch of woods might not be a deep enough woods, you know, you're going to go someplace where you're 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 deep enough in uh, if you don't have woods if you live someplace where there's just a lot of desert or other issues you know there's a whole different you know you got to study that there's a whole different survival mentality uh or well not mentality but survival act actions to be taken uh depending on where you're at you know but though but that's your job that's what you have to get into and study and be ready for whatever if all of a sudden you need to leave uh there's another thing i might make a video on the internment camps and world war in the united states really in the internment of japanese uh, americans i mean totally disgusting part of the history of this nation something that could happen today but people don't think that it will people didn't think that they would ever shut down restaurants and bars and within a day, with the snap of a finger, restaurants and bars are shut down all across the United States and in many other countries. People didn't think that there would be nationwide quarantines, but certain countries, Italy and France, uh, quarantine. I, I think France is quarantined and Spain. And they're talking about it for certain parts of the United States. So all of th these things that people said would never happen, they're happening. So you can either be in denial. Like you said, our five stages of grief. You can remain in denial, you know, or you can say, nope, I'm not going down like this. We are, you know, I'm not accepting it. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be depressed about it. I'm not going to negotiate. I'm going to do something about it to save myself, save my family. That's where we're at. We got work to do, but nothing has changed. I mean, for us, nothing has changed because we always have this energy. Uh, what has changed now is I think there will be more people that will understand our energy and understand our message. Because we're very consistent, as the saying goes, uh, we young people keep that same energy. This is the same energy. Look at all of our past videos. We got the same energy, the same story. But what's changing now is around us, people 
are asking us, as Brother Air was saying, people was asking us, well, what do you think about this? Well, what about this, 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 this Rona? You know, well, what you think about that? So now they're interested in what we have to say about something because now it's affecting them uh, when they didn't see how it affected them before. For us, this is a time of continued focus on getting ourselves together using the tools that we have mastery of the transition diet you know experimenting down these roads of fasting lemon juice distilled water enemas you're into the herbs dealing with that you're dealing with cleansing the body we're also about eating we're not telling people to not eat we're saying find your transitional tools study the transition diet lessons Look at the various recipes that are in there. Even though they, a lot of those recipes were created by Fred Hirsch, it's a part of the, as far as I'm concerned, it's a part of the legacy of the book. And you don't have to make each one of them, or if something doesn't make sense to you, you can be like, I don't know about that recipe. But just the mechanics are built into those things, and you can make decisions you know, based on that. But it's, it's always about study, always about getting yourself together. And so with that, I want to thank you so much for plugging into the show. It's uh, been a privilege and a pleasure to, to just be able to do this, to be able to talk and have people hear what I have to say. Because for so many years, we've been saying this message and not a lot of people had any interest. Not a lot of people really cared what we had to say. And so you had to... If you were us, you sort of had to have this attitude of we're going to say and speak our truth regardless of if anybody's listening or not. It doesn't matter. We are going to say what we have to say. And if somebody wants to come forth and benefit from the information or need help, we'll do our best to help uh, be of service, uh, make materials for people to study and be of service to them. And uh, so that's what we've tried to do. And so uh, I definitely appreciate the love and support that we're starting to get now. And, and we're just getting started. That's, and that's the beautiful thing of practicing the mucus diet. You're always just, you're just getting started. We're about to, you know, take things to, things to the next level. And so uh, if you can, I really appreciate you to share this video, put it up on Facebook, uh, Instagram, stories, uh, do a YouTube, your own YouTube review, whatever, however you can share this information, uh, get the links out there, add to the discussion. Uh, we invite you, you know, to add to add to the discussion. Get We got to unify our voice and that's something that we were talk, was talking to Q in the meetup about is uh, what are some ways we can start really unifying our voice to uh, uh, get this message out there further because I think we are in a moment now where more and more people than ever will be open to hear what we have to say open to read the Mucus's Diet book and ultimately open to practice which is the most important part of it is to not just get the book and read it, but to start practicing the principles found in the book. Clean yourself up. It's the best gift that you could give to your family, to your future children, to your future grandchildren. Clean up your blood and produce something that's cleaner 
than you. I mean, that that is the love. That's the love that can overcome the land. You know, that's that that's that's the real love that we're talking about there. And for that love to happen, you have to survive. There has to be an, uh, a focus on survival and what whatever we have to do to get ourselves over these humps. So and that's that's what this is all about. And so. So, again, I thank you so much. And until next time, peace, love and breath. Thank you.